0: Hello, this is Pastor Marty Macedo from Bellhoppers Ministries bringing you another podcast from the Pastor's Study, Biblical Lessons in the Battlefield of Life, from a retired pastor of 45 years who was saved after serving as a Staff Sergeant Airborne Ranger in Vietnam. My testimony is shared in podcast number one. It is my desire to share with you lessons the Lord has taught me over my years of living as a Christian and serving as a pastor. These podcasts are intended to whet your appetite for further personal Bible study. They'll be short, 15 to 20 minutes, and having your Bible and something to jot down notes might be helpful. If you have any questions, you can contact me by email, masitofhm at gmail.com. M A S -S I T -T O F H M for Fellow Helpers Ministries at gmail.com. The title of our Bible study today is From Protest to praise through prayer, and it's going to be from Psalm 13, verses 1 through 6. Have you ever heard the expression, prayer changes things? I'm sure you have. Our passage today teaches us the first thing prayer changes when we find ourselves in difficult situations. Let's read Psalm 13 and find out what that is. Psalm 13, beginning of verse 1. How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long will I hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? And how long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? Consider, verse 3, and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest mine enemies say I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in thy mercy, my heart shall rejoice in thy salvation." I will sing unto the Lord because the dealt bountifully with me. Shall we pray? Our Father in heaven, teach us from this little psalm today something that can be a blessing to our heart and encourage us in our walk in life with you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. When we take a look at this psalm, I believe we learn something about prayer that we need to keep in mind and also practice day by day. You'll notice that the psalmist starts out in verses 1 and 2 with what I would title a protest. And then you'll see in verses 3 and 4, he gives a prayer. And then as he concludes that prayer, he breaks out in praise in verses 5 and 6. So you see from protest to praise through prayer. And yet when we look at this psalm, we recognize nothing the psalmist was facing changed during that time, but his attitude and his heart. There was no knock on the door saying the problem he was facing had been resolved. There was no knock on the door saying the enemy that opposed him had died wouldn't be a problem anymore. Nothing had changed there except his heart because he took his protest to the Lord in prayer and resulted in praise. Now, the first thing I'd like for us to note in the way of a background before we actually outline those three sections is this. The psalmist was in a very difficult situation. You can see it referred to, first of all, in verse 2 when he talks about his enemies. How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? You see that again in verse 4 when he starts out by saying, Lest mine enemy say. And you see how strong these enemies were when you take a look at verse 3 when he says at the end of that verse, Lest I sleep the sleep of death. So the psalmist is in a position where his life is being threatened. He's in a position where he doesn't have any control to resolve the situation on his own. And I believe that as we take a look at the psalm, we're going to see that he's pretty troubled about it in verses 1 and 2. That's why he issues that protest unto the Lord. But then we see him praying, verses 3 and 4, and praising, verses 5 and 6. So the biggest portion of our lesson today is that first portion which talks about the psalmist's protest, the psalmist's protest. And you may have noticed already when we read that there are actually four how longs that are outlined in those two verses. The first one is given to us at the first part of verse 1. How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? Now, we ask ourselves the question, is that a valid protest or valid concern? And the idea would be, no, that's really rather foolish, isn't it? But when, when this is what happens when... When we allow our desire to turn to impatience, we begin to think that somehow the Lord has forgotten about us because he's not taking care of what we need him to take care of, and we feel deserted by him. Now, that's not a new feeling. You can see it in other portions of scripture. One of the favorite places that I observe it is in Isaiah chapter 49. Listen to verses 14 through 16, Isaiah 49. But Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. Can a woman forget her sucking child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet I will not forget thee. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. Israel thought the Lord had forgotten her, and the Lord said, It's impossible for me to forget you. For I love you as a mother who's brought forth a child, and I've graven you upon my hands that you're there before me continually. So no, we are never deserted by God. The second protest the psalmist brings out is in the second part of verse 1. And it says, How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? A foolish assumption again? Of course it is. But this is what happens when we allow oneself to focus on the situation and not the Savior. We feel desolate. The example of this, I believe, is in Peter's walking on the water in the New Testament. Do you remember when he got on the water and kept Jesus in his focus? He was okay. But when he looked at the winds, boisterous, the circumstance or situation around him, he began to sink, cried out for help, and of course the Lord helped him. Well, we feel that way at times. When we get our eyes off of the Lord, it's not that he's turned his face on us, but it's that we've turned our face on him. There's a third protest based on the term, how long, found in verse two. How long shall I take counsel in my heart, having sorrow in my heart daily? I'm sorry, counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily. The key in this section is the word counsel. The word counsel means to make plans. And is this foolish? Certainly it is. Notice what it says again. How long shall I, that is the psalmist, take counsel or make plans in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? Now, why does he have sorrow? Because his plans are not necessarily God's plans. And what he thinks is going to get him out of this circumstance or situation is not what God has planned. And so when his plans don't come to fruition, he is discouraged by that. So you'll notice here, but, things, but this will happen, this feeling will overtake us and happen when we begin to make our own plans and they don't correlate with God's plans. We become discouraged and have sorrow in our heart daily. And then the fourth protest is found at the end of verse two, and that is this. It says, how long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Foolish? Again, we'd have to say yes. But this is what happens when we begin to look at a situation with a temporal and not an eternal eye. We feel like we've been deceived somehow. We feel like we're the rich are prospering and we are not. We feel like they're healthy and we're not. We feel like they don't have problems and we do. Well that's just deception. The truth of the matter is it rains on the just and the unjust and the truth of the matter is that we do suffer things here in this life that are unpleasant but God has not forgotten us. God has not hidden his face from us. God has not forgot to have counsel and a plan to help us through that. And we can trust him in that regard. There's no reason to feel deserted, verse one, or to feel this desolate, verse one, or to feel discouraged, verse two, or to feel deceived, in verse two. In fact, Matthew Henry summarizes it very well with this statement. It is a common temptation to, When trouble lasts long, the think it will last always. It is a common temptation when trouble lasts long, the think it will last always. So we begin our psalm by looking at the psalmist, David, and he is very much troubled and he very much starts to protest and voice these troubles to the Lord. But thankfully, he doesn't stop in verse 2. He goes into a prayer in verses 3 and 4. And this prayer is very valuable. It gives us some good insight on how we can get through these difficult times, like he did. Notice with me three things. The first thing is this He says, Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. The idea is the word consider. And the word consider means think carefully about something. So, He's asking the Lord, Lord, consider, think carefully about what I'm going through. The second word is hear. That means to listen to something. Lord, hear me. Listen to what I'm saying. And then thirdly, he's saying, Lord, here's what I need. I need you to lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Remember the idea of the word lighten is the idea to make clear or to help to understand. Lord, I need you to help make clear and help me to understand what I'm going through right now, because I'm actually in a mood of protest, verses 1 and 2, but I'm praying that I would not be protesting, but rather trusting in Thee. Why is that? Verse 4 of his prayer, Lest my enemies say, I prevailed against him," and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. Lord, I don't want to be moved in my relationship with you. I don't want to uh, lose my joy. I don't want to lose my purpose. I want to stay on track. But it's so hard. You heard verses 1 and 2. And I'm praying, consider and hear and lighten mine eyes so I can see your hand in all of this and trust thee. Now, again, I want to reiterate nothing has changed in David's circumstance or situation. They're the enemy. Verse 2, there's the enemy. Verse 4, they're still seeking to put him to death, lest he sleep the sleep of death. And yet, from verse 1, 2, 3, and 4, we now come to verse 5. He's still on his knees. He's still praying. And we have the psalmist praise. And his praise covers three tenses. Look at verse 5. But I have trusted in thy mercy. That is the past tense. I have trusted in thy mercy. I've accepted salvation. I know that I am yours. Number two, present tense. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I'm rejoicing in the fact that I'm saved and I'm kept by the power of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then thirdly, the future. I will sing from this point forward. I will sing unto the Lord because he dealt bountifully with me. Now, and i don't know about you and you might have to take some time privately and look this over a little more carefully but it does not sound like the man in verses 5 and 6 but i have trusted in thy mercy my heart rejoiceth in my salvation i will sing unto the lord because he dealt bountifully with me is the same man in verse 1 and 2 how long how long how long how long but the change wasn't in the circumstances wasn't in the situation around him the change was because of his prayer. Consider, hear, light mine eyes, lest I be moved. And the Lord answered that prayer, gave him strength, helped him to see things clearly, and helped him come to that place of praising the Lord. I don't know what you're protesting today, or I don't know what's troubling you, I actually uh, one time went through this passage of scripture and I said in verse one, the things that bug us, (laughs) things that trouble us, things that concern us. And what do we do about those things? Do we let them eat at us? Do we let them pile up and crush us? Or do we take them to the Lord in prayer? Verses three and four, gain his enlightenment and understanding and get off our knees with wonderful praise in the fact that the God, that the Lord hath dealt so bountifully with us. This psalm actually came into focus for me a number of years ago, and I'm talking a number of years ago now, when I was a student at Appalachian Bible College down in Beckley, West Virginia. We had one daughter, and we were expecting our second. The one daughter was born up east of Cleveland, natural childbirth, and we wanted the second daughter to be born natural childbirth, but Beckley, West Virginia wasn't permitting that. So we ended up having to go up to Charleston, an hour and a half or two hours away. And we're in a situation where we don't have much money. We're in final exams. We are um, traveling all the way up to Charleston. We are talking to the doctor and meet him. And he said he would deliver naturally. And then he said, but you need to stop by the hospital and make a down payment your way back. And he said, then when your wife starts to deliver, you need to get here quickly because this is the second child. Now we're an hour and a half, two hours away. So we started back home, could not get on the turnpike because we didn't have the money for it, had to go up over the mountain back to Beckley. And as we were doing that, I was really, really stressed. And to be honest with you, I was really protesting unto the Lord. I thought, Lord, why are you doing this? Why are you allowing this? We are in a situation where we've sold everything out. We're in Bible school, we're serving you, we are dedicating our life today, and we're going through this terribly difficult time. And I don't see any way out of it. Everything I tried to console and plan in my own mind just didn't work. And as I'm going through this, I notice my wife next to me praying. And as I'm I'm talking to the Lord about this, and I'm protesting the Lord about this, I'm asking the Lord for help and for wisdom to understand what is going on and all of a sudden, I got a severe pain in my right side. I mean severe. I thought for sure my appendix were going to burst. And I I all of a sudden, I said, oh, Lord, not that too. And then I realized this. Oh, Lord, you have dealt bountifully with us. We have trusted you. We are saved. We are rejoicing that we're in Bible school training for ministry I need to be singing praise unto you, not complaining because things aren't working out my way. Lord, would you forgive me? Now again, nothing changed. We still were an hour and a half to two hours away from Charleston. We still didn't have the money for the hospital, didn't have the money for the doctor either. I was still in the midst of final exams. We still had other things going on. Nothing changed, but my heart, my heart changed from a heart of protest A heart of praise because I prayed and told the Lord how I felt, and He understood that. And He did what? He considered, He carefully listened to what I had to say, He heard, He listened to it, and He lightened, made clear, and helped me to understand that He would take care of me. Folks, I can't go into the details, but all I can say is our second daughter was born, and she was actually born in Ohio and everything was taken care of by the end of that summer. We had all our bills paid and everything, and we were able to go back to Bible school. We'd actually gone up that summer for summer ministry in Kettering, Ohio, and we were able to get the Kettering on a on a Saturday. Uh, my wife saw the doctor the Saturday and uh, gave birth to the baby on Sunday. We had the baby paid for and had the money to be back in college the following fall. I, that wasn't my console. <laughs> That wasn't what I was thinking was going to happen. But when I took my protest to the Lord in prayer, he caused me to have praise. And that's not the only time for me or for you. I'm certain that many of us have gone through this in the past. So when you feel like your circumstances and situations are just so overwhelming and you feel as though the Lord has uh, forgotten you and you're deserted and he has uh, turned his face on you and you're desolate and and you're taking counsel in your heart, but it's not working out. You're discouraged and your enemies look like they're prevailing over you. and, And don't be deceived by that. They won't. Just remember you have a God that you can pray to. And as you pray to him, even though the situation and circumstance might not change one bit, no knocking the door, no telegram, no money in the mailbox, nothing of that nature, you can get up from prayer with praise, knowing that you've trusted him and you shall rejoice in him and you can sing from this point forward for he hath dealt bountifully with thee. You know what that word bountifully means? That word bountifully means more than we deserve and how thankful we are that the Lord knows what we're made of and the Lord listens to our protest as we pray and changes it to praise. Well, this has been from the pastor study with Pastor Martin Macedo, and you may email me at Macedo F-H-M, at gmail.com, m-a-s-i-t-t-o-f-h-m at gmail.com. And Lord William will post another Bible study next week. But remember, yes, prayer changes things, but the main thing prayer changes is our attitude and our trust and dependence on the Lord. All of our complaints and all of our concerns need to drive us to our knees because on our knees, our protest change the praise through prayer. Thank you for listening and have a great day.